Hi, and welcome to AGM Watch, brought to you by the Australian Shareholders Association. Coming up on the 29th of October 2020 is the South 32 AGM, ASX code S32. Our company monitor is John Campbell. Hello, John. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, Phil. So let's start by um, having a look at an overview of the company. And um, how have the COVID challenges been managed? They've got a widely dispersed group, which has a lot of operations overseas. The group spun off from BHP in 2015 and was named South 32 because a lot of its operations around the world are, are not that far from the 32 parallel of latitude South, that is, and involves South Africa and South America and Australia. And obviously, the logistics of managing a group like that involve quite a bit of travel by executive space, both management um, executives and specialists and administrative people responsible for things like internal audit, for instance. Now, COVID's put an end to international travel for a while, so all of those operations and actions that people would have done have been reduced to internet and other types of non-physical presence. Obviously, that has an effect on the management of the group, and I would be concerned about it if it goes in the long term. I think the sort of viability of operations like this is very much in question if, if the COVID lasts uh, for more than 12 months or so. That's one of the things about mining. I mean, I, I think back to my father was a mining engineer and most of his time was spent travelling to mine sites. And um, that's a Im- very important thing for a mining company, isn't it? Yes, it is. I mean, management of hazards like tailing stamps, for instance, would be a topical type of, well, perhaps not quite topical today, but topical a year or two ago, would be an example of where you would have specialists who would have a job of going around and looking at the operations and making quite sure that they measure up to the standards of the of the entity. Where are South 32's operations in um, South America? They're in Colombia. The operation of, at Cerro Matoso is a zinc, lead and silver mine in the mountains, and they would have tailing stamps there that would be of concern, I'm sure. So what are some of the um, challenges faced by South 32 due to commodity prices during this uh, period? Well, they're very much driven by commodity prices, Phil. Their, their revenue is entirely derived from commodities, aluminum, aluminium. <laughs> <laughs> However it's pronounced these days. <laughs> yeah, and um, zinc, the base metals, but also coal. They have um, major coal operations in New South Wales, which is metallurgical coal used for making steel. And they have a major operation in South Africa for thermal coal, uh, not far from Johannesburg, producing coal primarily for the power stations there. How long have you been following South 32 for? Well, since it was spun off by BHP in 2015. Yeah, so you've got quite a bit of expertise there in the company. Well, I don't know about expertise. I mean, it's very diversified and technical business, and I've got very little experience in any of the activities that they undertake. Yep. How about the corporate governance? How do you find their governance? I think it's at a high standard. Similar to any large company, they tick all the boxes of of the ASX guidelines and they're very careful to uh, make sure that they are meeting their company objectives of diversification, etc. They have a board that's got international representation from South Africa and now from the US for the recent appointment. And, of course, Australia, the, the chairman is based in Melbourne. Other directors are located in Perth. 
And there's particular concerns about the Hermosa project. Can you tell us about that, please? Yes, Hermosa is a business that they bought from a company called Arizona Mining in, I think it was 2018, for about $2 billion, so close to $2 billion, $1.8 billion US dollars. It's in the mountains of Arizona and close to the Mexican border in the United States. It's a zinc, silver lead mine. They bought it with a an expectation that its zinc grades would be higher than they've actually determined. Uh, the, the zinc grades are about 17% lower than they expect. Well, their, their objective was to do a feasibility study, which was meant to be finished in the financial year to June, FY20, but was then postponed until the half year to December this year. And now with their quarterly announcement released yesterday, they're saying it won't be finished until the June half year next year. So June 21. So it's of concern to me that they're pushing back the completion of this feasibility study. It's a concern that I suspect the market might have as well because of the gap between net asset value in the balance sheet and the market capitalization of the company. Is this a question that will be raised by you on behalf of the association at the AGM? I don't know that there's uh, any real point in asking about it anymore. Well, I've discussed it with them in our meeting with the chair. I've just, uh, it's in our voting intentions that we're concerned about it. I'd hopefully uh, think that they should be able to alleviate the concerns somehow at the AGM. But, of course, until they complete this feasibility study, they can't really do that. So there's nothing much to say. I think it's going to remain a concern until the feasibility study's finished, Phil. And the association is voting in agreement with all the directors' re-election. Is that the case? Yes, we are. Yes, we, we are supporting the re-elections. It's a strong board. They've got very good qualifications. All four directors up for election. Is there anything in particular you wanted to speak about about the directors? about their qualifications or their experience or their value as directors? I don't think so, Phil. I think the qualifications speak for themselves. We've had concerns about independence from the chair. She was a BHP employee for a very large part of her career. The BHP connections with with South 32 are something of concern because of the damage that BHP has wrought upon its shareholders over the decades. And um, the sort of reputation that the management has for launching off on risky projects and, and coming a cropper. And uh, is that something that of concern in terms of, sorry, what's the, her name, The um, this particular... Um, Karen Wood is the chair. Now, I think probably there was a three-year period of separation between leaving BHP and being appointed to the board of South 32. Mm-hmm. So she meets the ASX guideline for separation of executive to non-executive roles, even though they're separate companies now. So that's even more of a separation. And her duties at BHP kept her remote from the operations of, of the companies, that, the, of the projects that are now run by South 32. So she didn't have an intimate involvement with the management personnel who were actually um, now managing SARS-32's operations. So I don't think there's any real concern. It's just the tainting of BHP's past actions with what might happen at SARS-32. So turning to the remuneration report, the association is happy? Yes. There's a difficulty with the, the level of remuneration overall in the remuneration report because international mining companies pay such high levels of salaries. 
South 32 was disclosed for the first time this year, the comparison of Graham Kerr and his senior colleagues' remuneration with those of uh, peer companies uh, around the world. So uh, that is now disclosed, and it is evident from that disclosure that the, the levels are probably necessary to remain competitive with other international mining companies. And therefore, you know, we have to accept that this high level of remuneration is necessary. So we're supporting the remuneration report. Some other companies this reporting season, we've noticed that they have been sharing the pain in terms of um, executive remuneration. This is not the case with South 32? Yes, well, I don't think it is really. I mean, the way they manage their remuneration is to base their performance on the controllable aspects of their business, uh, mm-hmm. costs and production levels, without regard to commodity prices. They set their budgets based on commodity prices ruling at a particular point in time, and that, that then is the comparisons of performance against a budget are um, made against those using those commodity prices. So uh, they take the commodity risk out of it, and that, of course, is what's been affected by COVID in the first six months of this year, 2020, and to some extent ongoing, although commodity prices have, in general, been recovering since then, although coal hasn't. Coal has been, I think, depressed. So are there any questions that you'll be asking at the AGM? I'm going to wait and see what they comment on in their addresses. Uh, I think... I shall be asking at the AGM about the prospects of Chinese orders for metallurgical coal being cut. There's been press commentary recently to the effect that they may be cut, or at least that the deliveries may be suspended. We'll be asking them about that if they don't comment on that in the AGM. Are there any other general comments you may have about South 32 before we finish off? Because it's so diversified in its operations, obviously... Aluminium, alumina and aluminium are, are very major aspects of its business. Feel that a very important part of it. Um, aluminium prices have been depressed and, and remain, I think, below pre-COVID levels. The reasons for that, I'm not really too sure. I mean, aluminium is used in a very wide variety of industries around the world, but one of the major uses is, of course, aircraft aircraft being primarily aluminium products. The, the cutback in production at Boeing, which started after the sales of the Boeing 737-800 series, whatever it was, the, the ones that were involved in those accidents, was curtailed. That must have had an effect on aluminium prices, I think, and that re- obviously with COVID, that's going to remain a, a major issue that there are any number of aircraft parked around the world that could be melted down if they need the aluminium somewhere else. Um, so that aluminum and aluminium prices are unlikely to, to bounce back, I, I would think, while that um, situation remains. John Campbell, thank you very much for your work on company monetary and thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you, Phil. 